We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Damore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. Coming at you Thursday afternoon. Um, last night, the Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 90 to or 98 to 90. Uh, today, I'm in the media room with Jace Frederick, who covers is the beat writer for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. How long have you covered the Wolves? I think this is year five. Tips. What was. Tibbs well, we were kind of the same year. time when we came. Tibbs' first year was my first year. How many years has that been? 2016, Seems... 17. That was okay. Tibbs' first year. Okay. I started coming around the year after that. Okay, so five ish, five ish years. I'm not going to count it out in my head. <laughs> lot. We spent five a lot six. of time in this room. Um, I actually got here and missed media availability, so I walked in as Jace was was talking to to Chris Finch, and so I've convinced Jace to make this walk over to Target Center. Um, not a complete waste of time for me. So so I pinned you down to uh, to do a pod here. And the Wolves are 38 games into this season. And I think for both of us, when you came on before the season, we predicted 38 wins for this team. And they're 18. I never came on before the season. We were going to do it. and then Maybe we were texted about it. We, we had a date set. And then Gross and Rosas got fired. And That's then, what it like, was. The day we were going to do it or the day after, it was like, let's post, push that back a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it wasn't the time to do a preseason. <laughs> yeah, okay. But you you were, I just know from talking to you, that you were right around that I put it on 39. Number. Yeah. You 39 said 39 was my number I put in the paper. Well, that is exactly what they are on pace for Thank right you. now. Thank you. At, at 18 and 20. Well, you're right so far. I guess that's the I guess that's the question. Are you going to be right about that? Are we going to be right about this kind of 38, 39 pace. I mean, I was just thinking about it last night when I was doing the pod after the game of, I think the question is like, is a turn coming? Is a turn coming where for the last 43, 44 games of the year, are they going to be an over 500 team? What are you just kind of looking forward at that picture? Everything in my head says yes, right? Like we see stretches where it's like, yeah, this is good basketball. Like this can be like a pretty solid basketball team. Um, even like in the stretch of these last 20 games where, you know, they played all playoff contenders, playing contenders. Um, and frankly, before like the, the COVID stuff broke out, like they were playing pretty well. And then yet I think to like the start of the season and other stretches where then they have four or five games where they look 
awful and just lost. And there's a bunch of slippage. And it's like Chris Finch has talked about young teams are inherently inconsistent. And well, so he said last night, right? He said young youth is a synonym synonym for inconsistency, right? Right. And I and I think that's fair. And so then I think like we look at we tend to look at like the five game winning streaks and be like, I think this team leans more that way. And then the four game losing streaks or whatever, we like make it up in our head. Well, that's because of this and this or whatever. And it's like, it's all part of the package. And I think that might just be the case for this team this year. And it's almost frustrating because you try to figure out who is this team. Is it the team that, you know, is winning five straight? Is it the team that's losing four straight? The team that's defending well, the team that's having the lapses for like three or four games in a row where we're like, oh yeah, that's the defensive team we know. Uh, I think, it's a little bit of both and it just depends on the night. It depends on the stretch. So I think like 18 and 20, sure. Maybe if they didn't have the COVID crisis, they'd be at one or two, 20 and 18 yeah. tops, you know, like, uh, but a lot of teams have gone through that and they benefited some from it too. They've certainly lost more guys in games than a lot of people have, but that'll probably level itself out here too over the next few weeks. Who knows? But I think it's all part of it. I think this is just kind of like representative of who they are. They're about 500. Um, I think 39 still in the ballpark. If they finish 41 and 41, I'd be like, that's a pretty fair representation. Well, it's a fair representation of up and down, right? right? Exactly, and that's and that's. I just think I just think I'm done looking at like which version is it, and I'm and I'm kind of settling on it's all of it. Right, <laughs> right. No, that's that's actually well put. I think if we are if it if it does become more consistent and they go, you know, twenty five and eighteen, or what would that be? Twenty five and nineteen the rest of the way. It's what what I I can't really pick what will be the reason that they're more consistent. Like what basketball element of it is it? It's probably just looking at the numbers as simple as the offense gets better, right? Like this team still remains I have it right here. I think like twenty third, twenty fourth now in offense on the year and tenth in defense, which as we've talked about at length is the complete opposite of what we anticipated. But again, like if that's who these guys. How could we predict necessarily that things are going to change? What what is what is the reason when they have had Cat and Delo and you know remove the COVID crisis part of it? Like that's who they were. That's who they've been all year. It's a good defensive team and a bad offensive team. So I find myself, I'm sure you do too, talking about the offense is going to turn around. They're going to make more three pointers. Cat's going to figure out the double teams. Delo's percentage is going to go back up. And I think I believe that. But then I wonder, if we're believing in that, should we also believe in the pos- like some of the things that they've exceeded expectations on, like defensively coming back down? And I just don't, I don't know. Like I don't really know how to, how to pick, like if this is going to get better, how exactly it's going to get better. Do you have an idea? In thirty-eight games in, too, when we talk about like shooting percentages and like figuring out double teams, it's like when is it just it is what it is, you know, like, I mean, I think of that all the time. Like, yeah, I think Dilo's going to shoot better, but he hasn't, you mm-hmm. know, and we're quite a ways in now. And I think Malik's going to shoot better, but he hasn't. And we're quite a ways in now. And, and Carl, the double teams, like they still causing problems. And I certainly think maybe the team as a whole and Chris Finch even can come up with ideas that, sure. you know, kind of work around it. But I, I mean, I think, frankly, I think it's just defensively. Like, that's where I'm at. Um, I know offensively it would make sense if that's the end that ticks up more, and I think Chris Finch probably believes that too. But, like, when they had that four or five-game losing streak, it was because the defense was atrocious. Uh, And that was outside of the norm for them. And then they kind of tightened things up again. And I think maybe that's it. Maybe it's just even somehow even more consistently what's good 
will be great. I mean, and that doesn't make sense from where I was at the start of the season, but watching this team now, it's like it well, kind seen of a lot lines of up. We've yeah. seen it a lot. Yeah, and so maybe it is like just, you know, even against like they'll defend the elite offensive teams better. I don't know. Uh, right. What about like, okay, so if Cat kind of is what he is, D'Lo is around what he's been, which is for every bit he's given up on offense, he's taken back that and more on defense. But if those are just kind of who they are, I don't think we necessarily see a resurgence to the shooting from Malik Beasley that he had a year ago. Like, from on an individual standpoint, individual player standpoint, if things get better, I think I'm at the point of believing it's Ant that drives that. Sure. And, and it's kind of what I was asking him about last mm-hmm. night after the game was like, all right, 40 games into the season last year, you know, that happened to be when Ryan got fired, Finch took over, but it was also like kind of independently, Ant was just right like on the cusp of really breaking out into into being something more. And I, I want to believe that he can turn a corner again this year and have a better second half than he did the first half. But similarly, I struggle with where, you know, where does that come from? Is it going to be better shooting efficiency from him? Like, he's shooting 36% from three. Um, is it, you know, is it going to be better defense? I think the defense already has kind of been a little bit better. So, I don't know. When I think about this team and them actually being the playoff team that he says they're going to be, which I kind of put as more like the sixth seed, you know, like out of the play-in. Yeah, I mean, I give if you are seven or eight, and then you advance from there, I'd say, yeah, like, yeah you're a fair play. Sure, I mean, sure. I just think aspirationally, the goal should be six. Should be six. Sure. Yeah. Given also that the the West is kind of down, right? And for that to happen, if that does happen, I think we will have seen Anthony Edwards be a much more impactful player who's impacting winning. I, I if there's one button to press for that to happen, I think it's going to be Ant. Honestly. I agree with you because, like, it's tough now to pinpoint where the surge would be. But frankly, I don't know what the surge like. I don't know if we saw that surge coming last year. You know, we did in, in all the areas in which he improved. I didn't either. I mean, I think we were both like, "Well, he's a rookie. Doesn't look that great so far, but he's a rookie." And then all of a sudden, it was like, "This guy is great." Um, so it could be anywhere, frankly, because he does things on any given night. He shows you something where it's like, "Wow, he has that in his bag." And right. um, whether it's defensively or offensively, and doing it more consistently. Frankly, like thinking back to like where do they make the big jump in the season? It probably is just staying remarkably healthy from here. Hmm. Because we've seen like every time they're missing like one piece, it just doesn't work very well. And I know like teams are going to miss pieces throughout the year, like that happens in the NBA, like guys get hurt, guys that get sick, whatever it might be. They are basically at a spot where it's like they can't afford to lose somebody. I know it's kind of annoyed me the whole year whenever guys have missed time from Pat Bev to D'Lo to Ant after games, whenever they've been missing guys and they've lost one Orlando or right. or whatever like that. They're like, yeah, well, you know, we weren't at full strength and we need everybody to be able to win. And I'm like, okay, like, come on, everyone needs right. everyone to win. But they do. <laughs> they right? do. It's I mean, it's is. so noticeable. Like the pieces fit. They have to fit just right. And I think... Maybe that says something to like the, like we think of this roster as deep, but then like the fact that when you're down a guy, it doesn't look great, then that suggests it's not deep it's enough. Not deep. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't have enough of what you need anyway. Uh, so 
that kind of seems like it. Like, yeah, if they stay totally healthy, they could go 25 and 19 down the stretch. But if if somebody misses 10 games, it's like, well, then probably not. And mm-hmm. that's probably going to happen somewhere along the line, right. too. Like, the odds say that's going to happen. Uh, so, Which probably just leads us back to, like, it's going to be the up and down thing. Right. And it's probably going to be 18 and or 20 and 22 the, the rest of the way, which is still enough to to get into that point. Now, at that point, oh, you're probably yeah. the, the 10 seed, right? Or maybe the 9. Yeah. Maybe the 9. Um, which isn't like not meeting expectations. It's just, it's also just not exceeding them, right? Yeah. I mean, for you and I, we always talk about like that would be meeting expectations. But then what would that mean for moving forward? Like, that's totally like, would it meet expectations for this season? Yes. What is the baseline then that, that gives you for like how to move forward in the direction in the next offseason? I don't know. Totally. Well, what about just the trade deadline? Like, I think the trade deadline's super interesting because people always talk about like, oh, we need to add this, need to add this. And I'm always like, are you sure you have enough yep. to push assets in now to like try to make this team better? Or mm-hmm. should you be but a team that's we, like, maybe we should collect assets, you know? Like, I don't... I don't think they'll do... I, but maybe what this like kind of inherent ambiguity about this team, the lack of stability it has, maybe what it needs is a different piece that like provides some more stability at that Malik Beasley salary number, you know, or, or Torian Prince or, or something like that. If you, I mean, I think that's ultimately the question for Sasha Gupta. Cause if you're going to flip Malik 15, 16 out for somebody who's a better player at 15, 16, you're going to have to pay assets to right. do that. Same thing with Torian Prince. Could you trade Torian for somebody who has the similar number for like an extra year on it? Yeah, that you're right. It's it's probably that sort of creativity where you're like, oh, are we exactly? I mean, that was the Rubio. That's what they did with Rubio for James Johnson, right? Yes. James Johnson yes. was basically the Torian Prince of a couple yep. years ago, expiring right. contract vet. Um, and you got an upgrade in the quality of player in Ricky Rubio, but you took on another year of salary, which you know then ends up. You know, it's kind of it's kind of a weight. Ricky Rubio right. isn't that great, and you get Torian Prince, so it's it is kind of this full circle. Do you want? Do you want to do that again? Yeah, I think that probably is the middle ground because I wouldn't feel great about tacking a first round pick onto Torian Prince to boost you from the nine seed to the seven seed, right? No, like even if it does, team still needs pieces probably to make a jump towards like actual Western conference contention. And like, how are you going to acquire those pieces? Probably with assets that don't include just like making a minor upgrade right here somewhere along the line for yeah. this season. I, I think if it were me and I'm talking about trading a first multiple first, a young player like Jaden McDaniels, like I want to have a better idea of what my team is going to look like long-term, right? I'm talking about like years. Correct. And just given where we're at with cap being, extension eligible this summer Delo being extension eligible this summer like or even pat bev like he's an expiring right. contract correct yeah. until i know that those guys are kind of in this or or just what it's going to look want like. them in it right. right right like then when i'm at that point i'm like all right these are the core pieces now i'm ready to add to the core but as we sit here confused about what the team is then we're inherently confused about what the core is, right? So what I've kind of been saying lately is like, I really wouldn't be surprised if they don't make a move at the deadline. And they they hope that Jalen Noel kind of is the you know, an added spark. They get maybe they do get a little bit more from Torian Prince than they've than they've had at the beginning of the year. Cat, you know, internal 
improvement. You know, that being the line of we didn't make a move, but we're looking for internal development over the course of the end of the season to, you know, make our make our playoff push. Like, I, I guess I could. I w- it wouldn't be crazy to me if they traded a first round pick with Torian Prince, but I don't get the. I wouldn't bet on it. No, I and I would think you have to be getting somebody who makes you better this year, somebody who makes you better next year, somebody that you think is like a valuable asset for your team as like as you continue to build this thing. Like that I ha- think you have to be like we're trading a piece that we think is like a true difference maker for us moving forward. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know if Torian in a first is going to be enough to get that guy. Like you have Probably to have not. that guy in your mind and like he's on your board right now, you know, as like this is what we need. Mm-hmm. Um I was just listening to Hollinger and Duncan as I was walking over here and they were talking about Jeremy Grant. Sure. Yeah. And they're just like, that's a for sure two first round pick guy. And I'm like, okay, you put Jeremy Grant or the equivalent of Jeremy Grant on this team. Like, does that even do a ton to make this team better? Like, a ton? No, I, I don't think it does a ton. They get better. Maybe they are the, the sixth seed there, maybe even the five seed. But do you like, has that solved all of your questions? No. And I, I don't think I'm paying two first round picks if I still got a lot of question marks surrounding it. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with Chase. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, we're back with Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press. Jace, just why we were talking more trade deadline, obviously very big picture of of this first 38 games of the season. What when we talk about internal development and the steps that some of these guys have taken, obviously Jalen Noel is a big name that stood out. How, 
how encouraged, I guess, have you been by what we've seen from Jalen, Jade, and some of these guys recently? Immensely impressed with <laughs> Jalen. Um, like yeah. just like watching him play, it's it's the little things of like the way he scores. And like, yeah, we talk about like the mid-range and few guys can do it. And like the Wolves have given him the license to do it, and he has a personal license to do it because he's so effective there. And there are so few guys who are so effective there. Crazy. And then I look at like his other numbers, and like in the restricted area, he's like one of the Timberwolves' best players there, too. <laughs> and you watch it, and it makes sense because he goes in there and like floats and absorbs contact and still finishes super under control. And it's like Ant doesn't do that, you know? And I get like mm-hmm. I get Ant's younger and whatnot, and like, but Jalen just has so many skills that you're just seeing now really as you get to watch him play more um and then to watch him last night do it in an actual role like finding his role within that lineup of like Carl's for one here, of the first times here. ever exactly yep and it wasn't like forced anything and it wasn't timid it was perfect chris finch said today i asked him like how did you think he did he's like i don't think he could have done it any better <laughs> and it's true i mean he was just picking his spots perfectly every time they needed a bucket it would go to him and he would just get a good shot and he's that kind of guy where it's like even when the offense is stagnant, and it was stagnant at times in the fourth quarter last night, he can get a good shot where like he's getting to at his, least a decent one. Yeah, where he's getting to his spot that he wants to get to, which is like great scorers can do that. I am super intrigued by him. Um, mm-hmm. and just like the way he can get points. And now if he's doing it where he's getting it within the flow of the offense with everybody else still getting theirs and him just like slotting in alongside them, I thought that was super intriguing last night. I kind of thought he would have a bad game. Yeah, it makes sense. I I'm and I am I'm a big Jalen fan, and I, I have been for a while now. Like I, I feel like I've seen glimpses of this offensive player for three years now. But every time over the past two and a half years that he has gotten in, while with the higher usage guys, you just see him kind of take a more passive approach. And he's kind of coming up the floor. He's like bringing it up to initiate the offense in a situation where normally, like, he would be the playmaker in that spot, but now he's like, oh, wait, I'm flanked by D'Lo. I'm flanked by Ant. Like, I'm just going to give it to him, and now I'm going to go spot up. And it's not that he's a bad spot-up shooter. It's just if he isn't doing... If he isn't, like, the highest usage guy on the floor or one of them, he really doesn't have a ton of value. So it's it's bizarre, and that, that's why I was like, okay, well, you know, I got Cat back, you got Ant back, you got, you got D'Lo out there, like... I don't know. I just think he'll kind of take a passive approach tonight and and not be great. But he was he he was he was great. And now part of that was he wasn't playing with D'Lo. Like he closed the game. D'Lo did not. I'm if he did what he did last night and fits with the top guys on this rotation. I mean, we're talking about a a really impactful player because this team's biggest problem is creating effective scoring opportunities in the half court when they're not playing fast breaks, when they're not getting steals. And and Jalen Noel might be one of the best half court offensive players on on this team. And if that fits next to Carl Anthony Towns, that fits next to Anthony Edwards, it even kind of fits next to D'Lo, like that could be a couple wins alone just for the rest of the season. Yeah, and you know like People talk about this all the time. Like Jalen should get Malik's minutes. Well, Malik's gonna play still, you know. And like, <laughs> but, saying, yeah. but if Jalen does play more, it, it inherently means Malik's playing less. No question about it. And I was looking at this last night. Like Malik has far and away the most catch and shoot three pointers in the NBA. Like way more than everybody else. And he's shooting at like a thirty six percent clip, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's of the guys of that volume. It's in the low tier of it. 
Uh, but it's not bad. It's still, you know, more than a point per possession or whatever. But now if you take some of that out and like at half the time, it's because that's the only thing they can get in the half court. Yeah. Uh, and now you have Jalen catching it in the corner, maybe not even as a spot up shooter, but like catching it and then like, you know, attacking the close out, which like he does great getting to his mid range, whatever. I think that just adds another element to your offense. Um, and, what what and maybe gets Jaylen... others involved too. Like Jalen can get the ball, yeah. attack the closeout, and now that maybe gets something for someone else. Where Malik, it's like it's just going to be he's going to catch and shoot it, mm-hmm. which is kind of disappointing that Malik hasn't added anything to that. He always says he's worked on it, and I believe that he's worked on it. But then when you watch him put it on the deck, it just feels like something bad's going to happen. Still, even this year, even when I know it's things that he's been trying to work on these last couple off seasons, mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like the progression. It's there. a more circuitous path to the basket when he attacks, yeah, right? Jalen is like beeline to the rim when he does it. And, and Jalen has confidence that when he gets there, he's going to finish. And I don't yeah. know if Malik has that. Right. Malik's more looking for a pull-up. Yeah. That's, or a, a pull-up or a kick-out or whatever. Yeah, right. It's Ricky Rubio. Tyce Jones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I don't... I. I don't think Jalen Noel is bad at anything on offense. No, not either. So just to that end, that's like, all right, we're 24th in offensive rating thus far through the season. Uh, probably should play him to, to do that. So the question ultimately becomes about his defense, which we know is a difficult sort of thing to assess. I asked Jalen after the game last night, I was just like, how would you grade yourself defensively this year? And, and he gave himself a C. And he's like, well, you know, I'm hard on myself. I'm, he's like, some people have said I'm better, but, you know, yes. I give myself a C. So I asked Chris Fitch. I said, Jalen gave himself a C on defense. Would you say that's fair? He goes, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, like, C is probably all. You if know, he is exactly, good at everything on offense. And Finch said, like, we need him to put more attention into detail on that end than he ever has before in his life to maintain that C, C-plus average. Hmm. I, what I had heard... It was always kind of weird to me the past two seasons when the Wolves were bad, yeah, like literally tanking, and Jalen Noel still got very few opportunities. Were they tanking? Because the end of last year they were not tanking. Well, I'm talking about <laughs> the just one just and not a half. tanking when it mattered most. Right, the whole season had a tanky vibe, and until the pick was in play. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, I just thought it was always I'm like, why is Jalen Noel never playing here? Right, like. All of us, like, I don't know where you're like, oh, who's this Nas Reed guy? What was he going to do? Get Jared Culver's minutes? <laughs> Come on now. But, I mean, what what I had heard was Jalen really struggled to um, understand defensive concept, even on, like, a really basic level. And and that was kind of the thing. Like, what he's, he's said... You know, publicly, he's like, my path to playing is defense, you know, is to, is to being... And what, he, what he'll say is, you know, I need to defend without fouling. And I, I think the more nuanced answer to that question is that he really didn't understand the scheme defensively. Yep. yep. And, and you're always a step behind, putting yourself in bad spots, and you're going to foul there. Well, and he's like six three, right? Yep. He's played zone his two years in college. Like NBA defense is harder. You just might not be that guy who's ever really put a ton of effort into defense throughout your life. So I think to that end, it kind of makes sense, right? That he wasn't a good defender. He might have been, I know some of like the metrics and stuff, like literally had Jalen Noel's first two years in the league as like first percentile, you know, like one of the worst defenders in the league, limited minutes or whatever. So I, to, I would agree with this. Like, I think he has been okay. He's still going to be small, mm-hmm. but you've, you've seen like, he's like, this is how I'm going to get paid, right? Like, 
if I don't get, if I'm not at least a C defensively, I'm not going to play. That was the message he heard yep. for two years. And so, I don't know, I'd really have to like go through and like watch what I think he looks like in defensive concept. But I don't think it's an F anymore there. Yep. And and so if he if he can be okay defensively, then it's a no-brainer that he's in a 20-plus minute a game role, I, I think, here going forward. Because it's not like you're going to ton defensively from Malik, right? Like, yeah, no different. I don't see much difference The there. difference, though, is they don't play the same position. Correct. And I just am like, every time I see on Twitter, I see people well, are Finch like, no, said, play him. I mean, Finch said he's like, he's our... He's our third point guard right now. Like that is it's it's what he's playing in the offense right. because because you know Pat Bev and Delo check out around the same time, right? Which Finch is like not the smartest thing. It's just the way it works out. <laughs> and then and then Noel is then yeah. the point guard who comes in now. He had five. That's what I was looking at it. He Delo subbed out at six and a half into the game. Pat Bev subbed out at eight and a half into the game. And then it was just Jalen out there at point guard for the first five and a half minutes or those that next five and a half mm-hmm. minutes there. So. You know, if you double that, it's probably going to be about 10 minutes a game of Jalen Well playing point guard, point guard. And I'm how successful those minutes are is is probably going to be telling to how much he he can play. Because now you're out there with Nas. You're out there, you know, with Torian Prince, Jade McDaniels. Like Jalen in those minutes has to be what he was during the COVID time and be, you know, an efficient score even if he doesn't have strong surroundings out there which he's shown he could do but you know sometimes it was alongside Jordan McLaughlin whatever like so there's all these little things with Jalen Oil that he, he puts them all together you're like okay here's a guy in a minimum contract who if he was a free agent next year he'd get like the mid-level you know yep. like a 10 million dollar yep. a year guy and I'm not saying he is there yet but what a nice thing to like maybe have brewing on on your team right now. I, I think we've all talked about him at length right now, but he's kind of the the best story, certainly of the last month, but maybe of the I don't know, maybe of the season for this Wolves team. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. And I I do think you talked about those point guard minutes. Like they wasn't good last night for the Wolves, and how is it gonna be good? You know, like I mean, you look at that group of guys and and Jalen's. The point guard and the primary scorer and all of it and like defensively you look at it, it's like uh the Wolves are just always gonna lose in those minutes. Exactly. It's the, right. it's the reason right. that like Nas Reed is always last in net rating. Exactly, on the team. right. And that's why sometimes like net rating has to be taken into context. And then it's <laughs> when like and I'm not trying to bag on Dilo here, but everybody's like, Look at that net rating. It's like, yeah, when when he's off the court, Jalen Noel is playing point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a lot of times it comes down to your who is the guy playing behind you, and it's right. for the Wolves, it's somebody who's not really even a point guard, um, right? And he can play that role, and he's versatile in that sense, but right. it's not set up very well for them to succeed. But I get why they do it because why wouldn't you set it up to maximize your starting lineup that has given you such a massive advantage? Right. right. That, that's the point. They're the sacrificing reason- the second unit for the success of the starting lineup, and that makes sense. Well, and that's why they started Pat or they brought Patrick Beverly off the bench to start the year because right. they're like, well, we need a backup point guard. So now they've made this concession of like, well, we're actually going to play Beverly at the two because we love the the Bev, D'Lo, Ant, Vando, Cat lineup, but it opens up serious backup prop, backup point guard problems. You know, it was Jordan McLaughlin at the beginning of the year. He wasn't able to find anything. So now, yeah, it it is Jalen Noel. And like last night against the Thunder, you, you just... You can't take out the starting five 
and lose all your fire and lose your 20-point lead. Like, I don't think anybody has an expectation that the Wolves are going to win the non-cat minutes. But it can't be... It can't be as bad as it's been, you know, in, in those, in those non, in those good teams, not against. Yeah, exactly. Which brings me to the last thing we'll kind of close on. Like, what is this team going to be going for? They don't play good teams in the, in the next three games. It's the, it's the thunder on Friday. It's Houston on Sunday and it's New Orleans on Tuesday. I think Um, those are three of the worst teams in the league. I think if you're a team talking about, turning the corner if you're talking about being a team who is in the playoffs like i understand these are on the road but these are the teams you kind of like you kind of take care of business against if they i don't know if they lose two of them i think that's i will be a lot more concerned about this team going forward i don't think they will i think it'll probably be i think they'll win two or i I could see them winning all three of them but i feel like we're gonna learn if this team is kind of above the ruckus of the bottom of the Western Conference by how they kind of play here because no excuses like you got your whole team back I think it's clear they're above the ruckus right I think it is I think it's so maybe how high yeah right and I think I would peg them to go two and two in this road trip including the Memphis Memphis game yeah and then that Mm -hmm. puts them almost exactly where I think they are like I really do Mm -hmm. think they are a team that's just going to hover around 500 a little above a little below all year and I look at like the rosters and whatnot, and it kind of makes sense to me. But so, so this is the chance for them to prove us wrong, which we're kind of we are betting on the you're going to probably be around a 38, 39, 40 win pace yep. for the rest of the year. Like winning this road trip, winning all four, something like that is is a is a proof of concept that you are something better than that. And I know like a four game winning streak on the road is is hard for any team to do. But it's about as easy of a, of a road trip right, as, as you you're can have. Ever going to find? Correct. Yeah, and no excuses about your team not being all the way back together. Even like rust and stuff. This is everybody's second game back. Still against the Thunder, which you can you probably even right see by the time those, it's you know, Sunday. Like everybody's back. Yeah, like I don't want to. If if Cat plays bad in that game, if Dilo plays bad in that game, like that's just a bad game. Right. I'm not going to be like, oh, they're still coming out of it. So, yeah. I. I it's interesting. I, I think the rest of this January, like, I could see this being like a really good run for this Wolves team, and it's a lot of road games, but, but I do. I I I think, even though I can't really define where the turn is going to come from, they do seem to be you know poised to to bring that here. You're smiling. You disagree. Just because I've thought that like five times this season. That's fair. And then they turn it around. And then even last night, they win the game. Chris Finch, like watching him coach, he would look like he was disgusted. And it was one <laughs> of the few times after the game where he's like, we did not play well. Like, that was not mm-hmm. good. And there were other times where I thought they didn't play well where he's like, yeah, we did this and this well. Mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards like, we played bad. Right. And it is like, that's an opponent you should win. You should be excited. You have your whole group back. Okay, here we go. Take off like you did in the first quarter. Smash them. And then you just slept walk. Like, everybody right. but Patrick Beverly and Jalen Noel just slept walk through the whole game. And it's just another example of the roller coaster. And I just am not sure when they're going to get off the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I agree with you that I look at the way they've played in their best moments this year. And I'm like, they are significantly better than these next three teams and they will show it. And yet I can't bet on them to right. actually show up all three times. If youth is synonymous with inconsistency, it's time to stop being a young team. Like you're not that young. Ant is young. These are- Ant's young. Jane's young. Jared Vanderbilt's like 21. 
I, I just don't think this is like a. You had to, it's not a young you, team like you have to Houston take is. age off or like and, okay, and count experience towards these things. Yeah, which to be fair, Vando doesn't have much of that. Doesn't either. have much either. I just think it they, actually really is a young team. You know, like I think they cannot be a young team. Put it like, does that make sense? Like, well, it's such a weird dynamic in that your core, your max players are not young, but and Patrick Beverly's not young. young. Not no, they're not at all. No, nope, they're not okay. in that bucket at all. Establish that. But then they are surrounded by young, <laughs> you know, like they are surrounded by a bunch of young players. It doesn't. It's what makes it a really weird roster construction, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. This team is this team is is hard to pin down. Who's actually in the rotation? Yeah, you're right. The older guys, the Torian Princes, not in, the not Jake really in the rotation. Yeah, not really the, in the rotation. Like right. so, it's like who's in the rest rotation? Of these, Greg Monroe. You've got Patrick Beverly, veteran. Angela Russell, veteran. Carl yeah. Anthony Towns, veteran. And then you've got Malik Beasley's a veteran. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. four. And then you've got a bunch of four of your nine. Pretty. The other five I guess are pretty those other five guys, they're going to be up and down. But it's on but a couple of them else they, to not be. I think. Yeah. I think Jared Vanderbilt is getting away from being a young Oh, he's player. not inconsistent. He I, is not inconsistent. Exactly. That guy so brings it. I don't really put that there. And then this what I was talking about again at the beginning with Ant. Like, yes, you are young. Yes, you're going to be inconsistent. But can he be less inconsistent the, the rest of the way? I think, yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe they are a young team. Maybe you're right. But I don't like giving them that excuse because right. you have two max players. Well, it's just, they're not going to make, they're not going to, make the playoffs make the playoffs if they be a young and inconsistent team so you can't say you're young and inconsistent and say we're making the playoffs now to be fair different people are saying those different things but i think that's just the reality of the situation and they have a chance here 40 i keep messing up how many games this 44 more games to you know to to prove it like we'll see it's what makes this year for us i think to cover a lot more interesting like you kind of live and die a little bit more with the result from night to night rather than you're just like, oh, okay. Like, it's it's intriguing. I want to ask you one question. Okay. I started this year thinking the primary objective was figuring out if D'Lo and Cat are the core you want to build around. I'm not going to ask you, like, where you, where you are on that. What do you need to see in these last 44 games to think this is the core with these players in the middle, Ant, Cat, D'Lo, that they should ride forward with? I just need to see those two guys be more dynamic in their pairing that this was all pitched as this awesome pick and roll duo as on paper it should have been greatest popping pick and roll big in the league Delos has the pick and roll skill set you know this that it should have been a better pairing the two of them than we than we thought and we heard all this stuff about how they're the best of friends and they're all this thing like we expected more from them as a twosome than than they've been. And I think it's an open question if they are a dynamic pairing together. So for me, over the pa- the next 44 games of the season, I need to see something where I go, whew, that's going to be it. It's a, there's five minutes left in the game. It's a two-point game. They're going to be a tough team to beat because they're going to go down an offense every time and they're going to get a good look out of an action between Cat and D'Lo with Ant kind of as the third wheel there. If I see that, you know, then then sure, let's talk about extensions this summer. Because if we if you see that, they're going to be a five or six seed. Yeah, right. And right. they're going to be, yep. you know, we're, they're going to be more than I expected them to be. If not, again, if this team is what it is, I, I'm not ready to make any long-term decisions about this core. 
in the off season, you know, like I wouldn't want to lock in extent extensions for all of them. Obviously, like Cat is always going to be a good extension, whatever. Right. But like, no, I I'm not ready to build around this core until I see a lot more of them, the three of them together, but specifically Cat and D'Lo, who are your two best players. Are you same spot? I. I, you're so right about that pick and roll combination that was so built up right away. And it's like, they don't even do it. And it's because Carl as a screener is inconsistent and gets offensive fouls in that respect. And he's just not naturally a roller. So it doesn't doesn't, roll. It doesn't exactly. He doesn't, doesn't shoot enough off the pop when he does. Correct. So like D'Lo at his best is frankly, when he gets in those grooves where he's running four or five straight pick and rolls with Nasbreed. So that's like, is Carl and D'Lo, are they the best fits for one another? And it doesn't really always look like that. Right, and that isn't even necessarily an indictment of either it's of them. Not. It's just not. A, sometimes it's just not a good fit of skill set. You mm-hmm. know, like it, that has nothing to do with the quality of players that either one is. I just question, like, are they the right players to have alongside one another? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if they maximize each other. At that end, like, let's see more of it. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think you have to run some more screen and roll with Carl and D'Lo, especially when you stink so badly so often in the half court sets. If I was Sasha Gupta, you know, and I'm talking to Chris Finch about like the future of this team. That's why I'd be like, you know, can we see more of this? Yeah. You cannot believe in it, but let's just see it and see how it right. works. And then we can and then we might very well make roster changes that better fit your vision. But let's just see if this fits. You That's know? also not Chris Finch's preferred style of play. Exactly. Either. That's what I'm saying. So you know, just stick like, and roll duo with a coach who prefers ball movement to individualizing offense. Again, I think Chris is a good coach. I think Cat is a good center. I think D'Lo is a good point guard. I don't know how well the th- I don't know if those three bring the best out of, of each other as a threesome. It's just interesting that he's super willing to go to it when it's Nas and D-Lo. Because he rolls. Exactly. That's just rolls. it. You know, that's just it. Like, yeah. it's a player thing. He's. I think I think he's, I think think he's. in his mind, he probably doesn't think it'll work. Well, I, I, proof's in the pudding, right? Yeah, I want to see it too. <laughs> I I'm no, just I mean, saying, no, like, no, no, I'm saying that there's he reasoning think behind good. everything he does. So I think that they, it, there's a reasoning in his head for it. There's a reason why he will he wants it to happen with one center and not the other. Mm-hmm. But I I agree with you. Like even if it's in practice or whatever, where it doesn't work. Like can we just see it a little <laughs> bit more, please? please? <laughs> uh, all right, Chase. Uh, thanks for doing this. Um, stealing some of your time here on an off day. I'm sure we'll do another one of these pods here as the as the season goes on. You do a work your ass off. You do a a really good job covering this team. Of course, I'm sure you all. Follow Jace and read his work at the Pioneer Press. You can subscribe to the Pioneer Press for one dollar for six months. Per Brit, I don't. I mean, I'm sure it's probably on the website. I don't know about that deal, but no, oh, I I have it. That's how. Oh, perfect. That's how I have the thing because my thing like expired like it probably expired like in November because that's sure. when I signed up like a year yep. ago or something, and then they're like continue for one dollar for the next six months. If you, don't, if you don't think that makes sense financially, it's because advertising still rules the world, and they just want subscriber numbers. <laughs> I know all too well about that. Um, all right. He's Jace Frederick. Follow him on Twitter at Jace Frederick. I'm Dane Moore at Dane Moore MBA. I'm actually going to do another pod uh, with Britt here. So you'll have this at your feed uh, sometime in the next 12 to 24 hours as well. Wolves on Friday um, in Oklahoma City. Until then, he's Jace. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah.